0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 54.
1: So Brooke, self-awareness is something that you and I talk about pretty constantly on this show because it's one of the biggest keys to less doing and more being yet something that keeps coming up from people I talk to is you know how the the question of how do I develop better self-awareness if there's a big question in the world I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. and because that is such a big question I'm not going to say to you I'm not going to drop you in it and go so Brooke (laughs) <laughs> how do we de- you. <laughs> how do we develop better self-awareness um i think a good first place to start start on this topic um is kind of two things like what even is self-awareness mm. and why because i do think it is very difficult why do you think self-awareness is so hard to find in this current day and age
0: i think it's a like a a really honest self-knowledge of who, who we are, who we think we are and who we actually yeah. are, <laughs> uh, who other people see us as, but also things like our values and where we have come from and where we want to go and what drives us and why. And like, it's really an, an examination of who we are as a person that is fair you know, yes. it's not, it's not, um, it's not all rosy, and I'm amazing and narcissistic. But it's on the same. On the other, on the other hand, it's also not brutal, and I suck at everything, and I'm the worst person ever. Like it's a really fair and honest account of who we are as a person, and it's hard. <laughs> and I think so. Like that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is an awareness of our actions and our choices and our habits and the way we spend our days, because essentially the way we spend our days is the way we spend our life. That's what, that's who we are, you know? And I think that while understanding who we are, where we've come from, what we value, what we love, what we don't, all of that stuff is, is vital. It's, it's kind of the backstory. Self-awareness to me is more, even more importantly about what we are doing and what we are choosing and why, and you know, what drives us going forward, not necessarily what has driven us in the past. Yeah. What about you? What do you think
1: of it? Yeah, I think I think you've kind of summed it up really well. I I, I come at it from the uh, thoughts and our actions and an awareness yep. of the fact that you know the cho- the choices that we're making say a lot about who we are as a person. So having an awareness that what we do and what we think, for the most part, is a choice, and owning that rather than yeah, allowing I guess a life to take us for a ride, and saying yes, exactly. yeah, a lot of the stuff that's happening is out of our control. Or you know, when life's happening to us, I think self awareness takes the back seat. And when we and I don't want to bring control into it because I don't think self awareness is about control. I think more than anything, self awareness is about honesty and in yep. to have the ability to honestly reflect on the way that we behave and the things that we do and the choices that we make, that that's the core of self-awareness for me.
0: Yep, I agree. Absolutely.
1: And then the second part of the question I was asked is, and, I'm, and I can, I'll say what I think. So I think in this day and age, it, it's very difficult to be self-aware because we don't have to be alone with our thoughts ever. Mm. If we don't choose yeah. to be, we don't have to be.
0: We choose not to be though. It was, I think I mean it's easier to choose not to be because we have we carry like the world around in a po- in our pockets with us. So anytime we think, "Wow, that's getting a little too deep," yep, uh, yep. I'm just going to go and see what's happening on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. And you know we can distract ourselves, but I think the reason we we do that so frequently is because it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to examine ourselves and I mean I keep thinking about this idea of the examined life versus the unexamined life and that to me is, is really kind of what it what it is and by refusing to embrace solitude or boredom or curiosity even deep curiosity we we're living an unexamined life in some capacity and I think tech makes it easier to do that and makes us feel like that's not true, you know? Yeah. But look, I'm learning. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm surrounding myself with opinions. I'm reading the news. I'm doing all of these things. Great. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But when you're wielding it as a weapon against, you know, self against
1: discomfort, really isn't it? Yeah. I mean. I get bored, I go on Facebook. I hit a point mm-hmm. where I'm writing an article where I don't know what to say next, I go on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, you know, it gets hard, yeah. exactly. You know, someone sends me an email and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to answer that, I'll go on Facebook. Like, So we spend so much time, as you said, avoiding or distracting ourselves from discomfort mm-hmm. by heading to wherever our device can take us. And it's so easy to do. And I do think a, a key part of like, you know, because how do we even... okay let's get into how do we even develop self-awareness one way to do that is to catch ourselves avoiding discomfort because yeah because whatever that discomfort is is a reflection on ourselves that we just don't want to deal with right now so if someone sent me an email you know a narky email about something i've done for them I'm avoiding the fact that potentially they're right and potentially mm-hmm. I have not done a good enough job for them. So, and, and I think it's a good first place to start is to check in. Every time we are avoiding discomfort of some description, what specific thing are we avoiding? Like when I head to Facebook, cause oh, no, I'll talk about what happened last week when I reorganized my whole desktop to avoid tackling <laughs> my to-do list. And I knew I was avoiding something. And what I was avoiding was discipline. Mm. And what made me very uncomfortable about the fact that I reorganized my desktop was the fact that people give me a lot of credit for being really disciplined. And I wasn't being that way in that moment. And I didn't know what that said about me, but I didn't want to deal with it. So I just reorganized my desktop. I just kept reorganizing. So self-medicate. <laughs> yeah, and then I kept, and then I changed the story, and I went, "Well, this is actually a good example of me being a really organized person." And yet, yeah, that's why it's legit for me, you know. And so it, it all, all this stuff feeds into stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, and a huge part of self-awareness is understanding the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves understanding where they come from and then every so often challenging those stories because the stories aren't necessarily wrong and they're not yet necessarily non-useful stories but every so often we do have to check in with those stories and just challenge them and go okay hang on let me just check in with you and make sure that I'm not letting this story guide my thoughts and actions and the you know the way that i go about my life unthinkingly like i need to just mm. yeah check in with it and i've got a good example of that but i'll throw to you first
0: no no i think it, the word that you said unthinkingly is the word that i that that i've kind of tapped into because for me i i went through like my teen years being a highly self aware person in negative way okay so this, like they really just uncomfortably self-aware constantly
1: going so are we talking more identity. self-loathing than self-aware or not well, quite that were, bad
0: they were, they were tied together yeah like i there was a, an honesty in my understanding of myself but then like my inner mean girl that we've spoken about before took over and she like ran with it you know yeah. so the stories that i told myself were maybe like based in reality truth yeah. Yeah you know but but blown way out of proportion like you're not an evil person because of this but that's what i was telling myself so i i had that that real that it was a real self awareness but it wasn't it didn't have a positive impact it had a, a negative impact it made me second guess myself constantly and you know my confidence took an absolute beating and then i kind of did a full 180 and was living completely mindlessly for about <laughs> 6 or 7 years just existing just Going with the flow because that's what you do. You know, this is what the next step in my life is. This is what I'll do next. This, of course, this is this is what happens because this is what happens. You know, and it wasn't until I I realized that I was living mindlessly that I started to switch on. And it was for me it, the idea of mindfulness mm-hmm. not in the not in the buzzwordy kind yes. of way, <laughs> but living mindfully aware is really where my this positive kind of form of self-awareness started to develop and it simply was noticing
1: no yeah noticing is such a perfect word because yeah I, I agree with you that mindfulness has become very very buzzwordy and 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 so there's a lot of pushback against it like a lot of people equate yeah. it with meditation or being a hippie or yeah. you know and and Oh, it just is, a trend yeah oh support, that's right you know. or you know is that rebel um thing of like if everyone's doing this i'm not going to do it like you it know <laughs> i don't care how many people it's helped but it is it is just that that noticing in the moment of oh what am i doing am i mm-hmm. am i being intentional or not and you and know i talk a lot about intent and living a more intentional life and it really it it does come back to just noticing in the moment whoa hang on a minute am i just Am I just saying yes to my kids because it's easy or is it because I really mean yes? Am I just saying yes to this person because I want, you know, because I just want them to like me or do I really mean that yes? And it's and it's not about getting it right every time either. Like it's about I think it's important, really important to get it wrong a lot of the time because Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to get it wrong. You have to make bad choices to understand it's a bad choice. Yeah. So and yeah, so, and I, that's the thing, like, I don't think we can self-awareness our way to some kind of, you know, utopic, perfect life where we always make the right decision and we always choose the right path because that doesn't exist. But self-awareness is, I think self-awareness comes in most use, useful sometimes when we know we're making a bad choice, but we, we're kind of intentional about it. And that can be as stupid yeah. as, you know, something as stupid as going, I'm just going to watch another three episodes of Suits tonight. Like, <laughs> <and> <laughs> still going on the second round. But yeah, you know, I know this is a bad choice that I'm making, but I'm being intentional about it. And I am um, I have awareness that th- this is something I probably shouldn't do, but I'm doing it anyway. And I guess coming back to the stories that we tell ourselves and how those stories you know, how we do need to challenge those stories every so often. Like, you know, the introvert story for me is a a big one, certainly in the last six or seven years, which is when I discovered that being an introvert didn't equate to being uncool and unsociable and you need to fix that fatal flaw in your personality. Like, so once I found out that introversion was just a different way of living life and a perfectly valid way of living life, it was perfectly valid to be a quiet person, to not need to, not want to go to parties all the time and seek out the company of people. And it was perfectly valid for people to be quite exhausting for you and to need recharge time after spending the time in company of others. I really owned that story. And then of course I took it too far, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to the point of like, no, nah, I'm an introvert. Therefore I do not have to go to that thing. And no, nah, yeah. I'm an introvert and I don't, you know, I'm not obliged to do that. And then of course, so then of course a correction happens and you go, okay, it's great that you are fully owning your introversion now and you don't see it as a fatal character flaw, uh, character flaw. But at the same time, it's, it's now limiting your life. It's limiting your, Mm. you know, the things that you're doing. So yeah. So every so often when I catch myself using it as an excuse not to do something, I just challenge the story a bit and every so often I'll push myself out of the comfort zone a bit just to just to check in. And it just helps yeah, it just helps guide decision making. And like I said, it helps me guide helps guide me towards making better decisions more often than not. But yeah, I definitely don't want to get caught up thinking that, you know, you know we use help self-awareness to always make the right decision because that's not the point about it, it no the point about it is self-knowledge and growth really
0: yeah and how to deal with things when they don't go your way you know or, or the way that you expected as well is one of the key things about being self-aware I think you know uh, oh that I didn't expect that to be the outcome okay now what am I going to do about it you know and I think it's that again, intention and sitting up and paying attention and really noticing what we're doing and why we're doing it and then and then doing it, you know. And I think, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, I really think there's so much value in it. And you mentioned um, comfort zones yeah. as well. And I think self-awareness is, is even just as simple as understanding that you have them, have comfort zones, yeah. and that you're in one, <laughs> you know, and that you're scared of going out of it. That is self-awareness. That is that is so vital because once you kind of you you understand that and then maybe as part of your your process you think, okay, what would happen if I just stuck my toe outside this comfort zone? And it's when you start to engage and become curious about these things that you're aware of that growth happens, you know, and that might be because things didn't go the way you expected. And you're like, oh well that was a bad choice or that was, you know, unfortunate luck whatever the case may be, and and from those experiences you you grow if you're aware, whereas if you're feeling victimised or, um, you know, oh, poor me, why do things like this always happen to me? Why does life happen to me in this way? You can turn it around and make it an opportunity to expand.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what you've just described there, um, if anyone's ever read Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K's book, Mindset. So she's the one who's done all the research around the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And yeah, what you described just then, like that victim mentality of life's happening to me, or I can't believe this just happened to me, or that thing happened to me again, is a very fixed mindset mentality where you kind of just think, you know there's a ceiling on everything there's a ceiling on your talent there's a ceiling on your ability to do this there's a ceiling on your ability to be that kind of person so you kind of you don't really try to go beyond that ceiling Mm. and the fixed mindset person looks at failure as inevitable and bad so failure Mm. equals bad whereas the growth mindset person looks at failure as learning and experience and you know, they don't put a ceiling on what they can do. And if they hit a ceiling here, they'll shift over, you know, move sideways and then try and go up that way. And growth isn't like this thing that just has to happen forever or it's a, you know, it's a curve that goes up and up and up and up. Like growth mindset, people understand that, you know, it's two steps forward, one step back, one step sideways, but always, always improving, always moving forward. And I do wonder sometimes if there's a a correlation a self-awareness correlation between people who have a fixed mindset where they find it hard to have self-awareness and they don't like confronting uncomfortable thoughts versus growth mindset people Mm. who are quite willing to be challenged and have you know take on feedback and learn from things that are said to them and the interesting thing about dweck's research is not like you know you're not either a fixed mindset person or a growth mindset person like you if you naturally gravitate towards having a fixed mindset which is more a function of your environment than anything so it's you know and this is where parenting comes into it because and if you're a parent i really encourage you to read the book because it really shows you how the way that you communicate to your kids about certain things can really either drive them towards a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. So you might say to your Mm. kids, well, yeah, well, of course you got 50% on your math test. You're not, you're no good at maths, which is the, you're sending the kid the message that this is as good as you'll ever be. So there's no point really trying at maths because you're not good at it. So try it, try your hand with something else. Whereas the growth mindset parent goes, well, you know, you got 50% at the math test like, let's see what we can do for the, in time for the next test to see if we can get that score up. So you're not putting a ceiling on your kids' abilities or growth. You're, you're just saying like hard work equals better growth, effectively. I did not right. <laughs> I did not communicate that very, very well. <laughs> and Carol Dweck is just going, you just completely mutilated that analogy. But it's important to understand that the way that we were spoken to as kids affects how we approach things like with a growth or a fixed mindset and I do. Which
0: swings it all the, all the way back around to self-awareness, yes. doesn't it? So like you're able to look back and say, okay, this was the message that I received as a kid in regards to this thing. How is that affecting me now? And is that a positive thing or is it a negative thing? What can I do to change it if I want to change it? Like that yes. is self-awareness in action. That's that's exactly what it looks like, you know, that, that looking back in the past, seeing how your experiences has, has shaped you, And then, as a result, shaped your world, and then what you're going to do to continue to shape it going forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, be
0: it in the same way or a different way.
1: That's it. And I mean, I do credit my parents for the the fact that I have a good self awareness in that regard and have a growth and probably grew up with a growth mindset because they never put a ceiling on anything that I ever did. Mm -hmm. And God, I tried everything and I not. (laughs) ever once did I hear them like, and I, I tried so many things, I failed at so many things and not once did I ever hear them go, "Well, oh, I told you not to try that thing. Cause you know, yeah. you know of course you're not going to be any good at. Like, you know, I, I did swimming training at school. Like I've never been a good swimmer ever, <laughs> but you know, did my parents go, Kelly, you, you're a shit swimmer. Why are you trying out for the swim, you know, the swim team at school? You're not going to make it. Like they just, you know, got in the car and drove me to swimming training until I didn't make it. And and that's such a powerful thing and, and just lay down such great foundations for self-awareness and also the questions that they ask, like, you know, when I was upset about something or, you know, if I screwed up at something, like the questions that they asked were not like, well, you're such an idiot or, you you know, of course you did that because this is the kind of person that you are. It was always more like, you know, well, why do you think that happened? and Okay, what can we do? do Yeah, what can we do about it? If we can't do anything about it now, then, you know, just going to have to live with it. Or if there's something we can change for the future. So it's all these conversations that we've had, but what if you haven't had this kind of role modeling? Or what if you haven't had these conversations with parents or mentors? Or, or, you know, Mm. so how do you develop self awareness in the absence of this kind of good modeling? Or this, because I also look at, you know, the partner that, partners that we choose, and I'm like lucky in the partner that I chose and that he constantly challenges me. So if I fall into overwhelm or if I start having that victim mentality mind- mindset of, oh, I can't believe this is happening again, or why is this always hey Like he calls me on it and he goes, really? <laughs> um, really, <laughs> someone's got it out for you. And you know, Kelly, this is just life. But And he will, ch- he will always challenge my poor me kind of feelings. But if you don't have that person in your life who's going to challenge you on that, like where do you where do you find this ability to re- self reflect in a kind of in a very honest way?
0: I think um, I mean, and I'm similar to you in that, like I do have that that kind of like, support network, for the lack of a better word, who is going to allow me to get that honest feedback when when needed. But I think the other thing that we can do is seek out information articles books other people a mentor if you want to like formalize it i guess that are going to challenge us in some capacity but in a in, in a friendly productive kind of way not in a, a critical negative kind of way yes. but
1: in a growth mindset way as opposed exactly. to a fixed mindset way yeah choose your exactly. mentors, mentors very carefully
0: <laughs> yeah no that that's it and it should be more about you know asking yourself to question yourself you know rather than being guided in one particular direction by anyone or anything it's more you know you want someone to someone or you know a book or an article or anything to empower you to question yourself in one particular kind of way so I think seeking out And it's hard though because I'm I'm talking about this and I think you need to have some kind of self-awareness in order to know that this is what you're seeking. Yeah, you you need
1: to have a filter on because you don't want to just seek out things that confirm the way that you already think or agree with the way that you already think. Or like if you think you're a loser, we naturally gravitate towards the things that confirm that we're losers. Like we might follow people online who are really successful and use that to you know kind of hammer home the fact that, yeah, I'm – I'm not as good as I think I am, or I'll never be as good as this person. So you've got to be careful to to not mm. just seek out things that confirm what you already think about yourself. And I guess like the way that I I find the right things is I always just look for discomfort. Like so if I'm reading an article and it makes me feel very uncomfortable, I dig deeper like so it might be an article about someone being a bit racist or someone you know cuz i don't think of myself as a racist and pretty much nobody does like nobody thinks mm. of themselves as as anythingist or a sexist or anything like that and so but when i see certain behavior reflected in an article and it makes me feel uncomfortable then i'll check in on why And I will usually find that, oh, the reason this makes me uncomfortable is because I have done this, like either way in the past or recently.
0: Yeah. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. That's right. Or that's what it meant. But yeah. Yeah. I had this, I had a similar realization uh, a couple of years ago when I I really started to think about the idea of privilege Mm. and there wasn't really anyone in my life who was where I was at on the topic. They they hadn't even maybe they hadn't thought about it or didn't realize the impact that the idea of privilege and, and not recognizing it was having on, you know, society, whatever. I, I was in a different place to everyone who was around me at the time. So I started seeking information out on privilege and I, I found myself first of all, feeling really uncomfortable because these articles were reflecting me, you know, in, in some capacity or something that I used to think or something that I used to do completely unintentionally. And it, it it caused self-reflection, you know, and it was uncomfortable, but it was so worth it because it began to open up my mind and open up my, my curiosity and open up my, um, my ability to, to kind of discern what I agreed with and what I didn't. But you can't really do that very effectively if you don't have a basis on which to, to do it. Yeah. You, know, you can only blindly kind of say, well, I think this. Well, why do you think that? I don't know. You know, whereas if you are armed with information and history or data or anything, you can start to back up the reason that, that, you're, that you've chosen what you've chosen as well, regardless of whether it's, you know, for better or for worse. So for me, I think, I honestly, my, the answer that I wrote down, how can we become more self-aware, is to read more, honestly. Yeah. Read fiction, read books, read articles, read blogs. Uh, I mean, oh, I don't blogs. mean just... blogs, like,
1: honestly, like I just yeah. think, so when did, when did I start reading blogs? Maybe six or seven years ago? I have learned so much about so many things and yeah, and it has, and because what self-awareness is an expansion in your thinking, like you, or it comes from you expanding your thinking. So it's your thoughts being challenged. So every time your thoughts are challenged by something or something that you thought you knew is challenged by something. And you're forced to confront, well, maybe this thing that I've always thought, whether it's about myself or about other people or about the world, maybe this thing I thought isn't the truth or isn't what I thought it is. Like every time that's challenged, that's the opportunity for growth. And from that growth comes self-awareness. And I have just, yeah, I can't even begin to say how much just the reading of blogs, if nothing else. I mean, and, And to be honest, I've read books my whole life. And they have not expanded my thinking the way that reading blogs has, because blogs give you that look into people's innermost thoughts and feelings and their very, very personal situations. And I think I'll be the first to admit that I have led a very narrow, sheltered, middle class white person's life. So, I've not been exposed to a huge amount of prejudice or discrimination. You know, certainly being a female, you're exposed to some, but certainly not at the levels other people have. So I've grown up very privileged. And again, like you, like not knowing really as an adult, not knowing. So growing up, I wasn't even aware of that privilege. And isn't that what privilege Mm, is?
0: You don't need to
1: know. Yeah, when you're not even aware of it, that's privilege. And so this is something I've come across in recent years as well and have found it very, very confronting to realise that I won the luck of the draw in who I was born to and where I was born and where they brought me to live and the opportunities that have been available to me because for such a long time, I just put all my personal success down to hard work. I was like, I work hard, I get success. That's how the world works. And to realize that that is not actually – a lot of my success is off the back of the privileges inherent in my life and the opportunities that were inherent to those privileges has been a very confronting thing to find out in recent years. But then like you, then I go to try and find Mm. someone to talk about this with and there's not a lot of of people out there who realize the same thing. So, yeah, that's another problem with self-awareness is quite often – you are coming to realizations yourself, but there's not really, this is, I guess this is why we love having this (laughs) podcast and being able to talk to each other because we can talk to each other about a lot of stuff that we've come to realize over the past years, but they're just not things that come up in everyday conversation.
0: Yeah, I think with with self-awareness, you have to be prepared, I think, in some capacity to move forward on your own, you know, under your own steam because you want to. You can't wait for validation necessarily. There's no
1: gold stars for self-awareness. No, there's, not.
0: there's not. In fact, sometimes you're actually set apart because of it. You know, it, it, it could be for any number of reasons, but if you start to question status quo, you start to open your eyes, wake up, do things differently because you've discovered things, then that's probably going to set you apart. And I think one of the things, that's probably one of the other reasons that we are so content to bury our faces in our screens and maintain status quo, because not doing so, or standing up and doing something different or countercultural, or the opposite of what our friends are doing, or talking about things that makes people, you know, a bit uncomfortable. We have to be, yeah. be content to do that on our own to a certain point, and that's what self awareness kind of asks of us. And I think that that is a process of discovery and, and strengthening, you know, those muscles of going. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Sorry, because you know, often what you'll find is that people around you will start to notice over time, maybe a year, maybe five years, that this is what you're doing and they'll start to be more open to it. So what you're actually doing is reflecting the changes that you've made or the, the realizations that you've come to out into the world and that does have an effect. But you can't wait for people to go, Hey, you look really well, what have <laughs> you done? Oh well I've you know like you can't wait for that. You need you need to have the discipline and the, the strength of character, I guess, Mm. to at least understand that this is going to be uncomfortable, maybe not just for a minute, maybe for a bit, a bit longer than a minute, and be okay with that because you understand benefits are growth. They are, you know, an awakening of some description. And I think that's actually a really important part of self-awareness, being clear on the fact that you might have to go it alone for some of it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod. Or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm, and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And uh, finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And um, you know, we we read them all, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. your ease. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.